afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to We're Gonna Need a Bigger Show. This is our first episode, for real episode, in a long time, right? Um, yeah. I mean, like, I have no idea what number it is. It does. We're not numbering anymore. We're done with the numbers. The numbers have gone by the wayside. Yeah, they have to. Uh, But today is a special day. Mm -hmm. Today is my favorite day. Yeah. Um, Because we are going to be talking about my favorite film of all time. See, and that's one of those things. It's really hard to nail down your favorite movie or favorite. I have band or whatever, but you did it. Yep. John, do you have a favorite movie? It's hard for me to pin anything down. I have like a top ten. I would yeah, say, but yeah. I, I can't. What's in your top ten? I don't know. Just name a few. <clears throat> Dawn, the original Dawn of the Dead. I would say Muppets Take Manhattan. Uh, Hannah and her sisters. Okay. I don't know. Deconstructing Harry. A couple of Woody Allen movies, and then probably the rest mostly horror or science fiction. Cool. Well, joining us today is John Orman. Hello. John Norman <laughs> recently was on one of our news episodes, yep. and he is joining us today for our Jaws retrospective. Mm-hmm. A long time coming, considering the name of the podcast is We're Gonna Need a Bigger Show, mm-hmm. obviously named for the very famous scene in the first Jaws movie. We're gonna get a bigger show, right? I-, I think today's the day. Yeah. We have a blank check coming to us on a giant piece of cardboard. Should we... Should we... Um, designate roles like who who is Brody Me. amongst the three? Of, I want to be Richard Dreyfus. Okay, well, you're Quint. Well, yeah. I don't know. Slash think the Kittredge be- mother. Well, you wa- <laughs> oh, yes. I'll be that little clueless child. <laughs> the one as I am in most just situations, sitting in the sand crying. That dog. I don't know. Who do you think? Do you think you'd be Pippin? Pippin. Well, Pippin. I mean, I have to be Quint now. Well, right? you want to be Quint though, right? Where's my chalkboard? I'll get you one. Okay. Um, I want to be Lorraine Gray. That's who I really want to be. Okay. Um, so uh, Gary Gray, Gary, Gary. I always do that. Uh, other favorite little, character. Uh, little, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Uh huh. What do you call them? Uh, never mind. My other favorite character is. Uh, I don't think that's funny. I don't think that's funny. Yeah, I was at about all. to say that the reporter. She's hilarious. Yeah. When are you going to close the beaches? <laughs> um. <laughs> Ellen, never. You'll never be an islander. Um, oh yeah, yeah. All the all the little. Maybe that's what makes the first movie so good. We'll, we'll just talk about little, that. Yeah, in a yeah, yeah. Uh, just but today we're talking about Jaws. Mm-hmm. Indeed, my favorite movie of all time. Yes. Cameron, when was the first time you saw Jaws? Very recently. Well, not ext- not very recently. Like two. It was probably three years ago, something like that. Did you not have cable in your house when you were growing up? One would think. I feel like I failed. Somehow in our childhood. Well, that's the thing. If you were to see my You Haven't Seen That list. It's astounding. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen... We just mentioned that I haven't seen Roadhouse. That's true. Um, John, when was the first time you saw Jaws? I don't remember. But I was a child. You were a child. Right, you were a kid. It was probably on TNT. When he was a my, poor black My child. parents let my television raise me, so... It... Yeah, that was kind of me as well. <laughs> um, but every time it was on TNT, I watched it. And that was a fucking lot. Yeah. A lot. Uh, I'm pretty sure that TNT aired the first version with all of the deleted scenes in it. Oh. Um, or most of them. Like, just edited in normally? Uh-huh. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that, like, sometimes they used to do that before the whole DVD on TV thing? Yeah. Where they would just put in these deleted scenes, and you'd be like, and then you'd watch it for well, real. Well, that was, what was so astounding about Jaws to me growing up was this, there were, I would watch it regularly one night. Then come on TNT and it would have like the leg dropping. Yeah, yeah, the leg dropping or like Quint, you know, singing to the kid in the the piano shop doing "Ode to Joy" behind him. Oh, our um, harbor master Frank Silva uh, doing, you know, coming out with his bowl of cereal and you know, I mean, all of these things, these little quirks in the movie that are cut mm-hmm. were put back in, which I th- actually think is a better version of the movie. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about Jaws. Let's do it. This movie... The is, year 1975. Well, 74 when it began production. Mm-hmm. He didn't yell uh, action until 75, I don't think. Or okay. the, no, the beginning of, of 74. No, that's not right. That's A young like Steven Spielberg. But uh, this movie is uh, Zanuck and Brown were the producers, and they uh, had the script... Both said, or they they had the book, decided to write a script, or to make a script out of it. Uh, They said that if they had read the book a second time, they probably would not have made the movie, Mm. because of how complicated it was going to be. 
Right. Uh, Spielberg had only done Duel at this point, which I also love a lot. Um, Duel. What kind of? Duel is a car chase movie. It's a guy being menaced by a, a uh, like a tractor trailer truck. Um, but it's very much like Jaws in that it's, a, you know, this force of nature coming after somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, yeah, so Spielberg was, was brought on. Uh, the original director that they had kept referring to the shark as the whale. And that Ooh. irritated Peter Benchley, the author. Sure. So he cut him loose. So the author was involved. Yeah, he's been, he was involved in the process pretty much the whole time. Okay. Uh, he wrote several drafts of the script that Spielberg rejected, mm-hmm. and he brought on his friend Car- Carl Gottlieb, uh, to, who was a comedy writer, to do some punch-up. Um, and a lot of people were brought in through various parts of the script. Um, most infamously for the Indianapolis scene, uh, Quint's Indianapolis speech, that is comprised of like five different people, including Robert Shaw, who plays Quint. Mm. Um so yeah, I guess let's talk about the cast a little bit. Yeah, I I think that this is, I'm a, I mean, it's gonna sound like I'm just praising the movie, but it's I'm going to because I think it is a perfect movie. Well, it's gonna be a good counterpoint to the utter despair that of is the, going to be talking that, about two, three, and four. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, especially four. <laughs> I'm just not. I kind of wanted to start the podcast in reverse. And start with oh four, yeah because yeah. I'm just gonna be bummed out by the end of it and never want to watch another Jaws movie right, um, but Roy Scheider, mm-hmm. Richard Dreyfus, and uh, Robert Shaw are the the uh, leads of the film, and I think it's a perfect cast. I mean, I don't know how do y'all feel about the the cast as a whole. It's, it's a wonderful cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. There's not much, not negative. Nothing negative really to say about the cast. At that point, um, sorry, Shaw and the guy who played Brody, Richard Dreyfuss. No, Shire, oh, yeah, yeah. Brody, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So were they um, big names? Or well, Scheider like had done the, the French Connection. Robert okay. Shaw had done quite a bit. He was, he was a, the villain in uh, From Russia with Love. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, he was a name, and it was a thing where he actually wasn't technically allowed to do the movie or like leave set or something he wasn't there was something with his pay um because he was coming in from abroad to do the film hmm. um and there was that was the he first had to problem. watch his his money hoard yeah right? <laughs> yes his keep Robert Shaw's keep um so he does have kind of a weird we're talking about Shaw right now right yeah. he does have kind of a an a weird accent thing oh yeah, on. yeah. What, was he Welsh okay something like that that yeah okay um but he definitely puts on a little bit of that you know islander right northeastern kind of drawl too yeah um and uh, he spent a lot of time with the actor who played ben gardner who his character is kind of based on Mm. so that was a real townie Mm. in martha's vineyard um and he picked up a lot of ben gardner's the one who's where do I get on those rocks, boys? I wish your fathers had never met their mothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that was a real guy who had, you know, just all of these, you know, filthy mm-hmm. limericks and, and shit like that that right. Shaw just picked up and made a part of his character. Yeah, that's a big moment. Like, before they're about to leave and and uh, Brody's wife runs off in tears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here is the grave of Molly McGee. Mm-hmm. She died at the age of 103. Right. Um, there once was a man from Nantucket. Yeah, it's the same kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, Richard Dreyfus originally didn't want to be part of the film, uh, and then he saw the perform. He went to the f- theater to see the premiere of one of the film or a different film that he was in. Hated his performance and thought, "I this can't be the last thing that I do." Right. So he called and and uh, Spielberg and took the the role in Jaws. Was he pretty young at this point? Oh yeah, yeah. He, he looks like he's mid twenties. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, but even the supporting cast, I think this movie is filled with name actors, but it's also just filled with townspeople, mm-hmm. people that they cast on, on the vineyard. And I think that it, it really adds to that, that thing that we were talking about just to probably, probably, did we talk about it at the beginning of this or at the, the little eccentricities it was, wasn't it? Or was uh, it the news I don't remember. Anyway, just go you know back what I over mean. it. Um, the little things like that oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of add to you know 
Yeah, it's the woman who... Yeah, I don't think that's funny. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, yeah. funny at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't. Uh, There's uh, a lot of asides and stuff that seems like they really wanted it in there because a lot of it's ADR. It seems like. Yeah. And a lot of, and they were like, "Yeah, we have to have these people talking about some mundane thing." Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's all very stuff like the photographer when they kill the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, get out of the frame, young man. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. It's uh, what does he say? It's a tiger shark. A what? Yeah, I like Megan. <laughs> a what? <laughs> There's just a lot of... It's They're karate chopping the picket fences. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got classes. Yeah, that. That thing. Just little things like that, really. The secretary or yeah, whatever Polly, she was at Polly. the... Yeah. Let, let Polly do the printing. What's wrong with my printing? Let Polly do the printing. Right. <laughs> um... So when I tell people that this is my favorite movie, the thing that I often say is I think it is the perfect American movie and then it has a shark. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like even with... I would watch a movie just of these people, just of this community. Right. Because it is filled with all of these little characters. And Spielberg does a lot of really great long takes and, you know, mm-hmm. um, just does a... You know, really helps to build a sense of community and helps to build a, a sense of these characters. Even as they're being menaced by this... what even though this film created this term, but will be menaced by this blockbuster element of this shark. Um, yeah, basically an underwater semi-truck. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, so the, the film begins with an underwater shark, uh, shot of the, the shark swimming. Right. Um, and this kind of ended up being because of a lot of things. I mean, we'll talk about a lot of things that people probably already know about the film, but it's good to give a full picture. Sure. Um, we end up having a lot of first-person shots of the shark, where mm-hmm. we're, we're taking the shark's point of view, mostly because the shark never worked. Shark Boken. Shark Boken. Mm, yeah. The shark is. And they call him working. Bruce. Bruce, after mm-hmm. after Spielberg's accountant, um, <laughs> Bruce, the mechanical shark that didn't work, but it ended up creating this happy accident of this per- first-person view of the shark, which right. created this great tension. Uh, There's a motif. <laughs> um. Often it it was it was imitated in all the movies, all the sequels, but it just never was the same. Like a lot of the things, like the score. I mean, you know, like mm-hmm. um, just the shark itself. Right. Nothing ever looked as good as it did in the first movie. The sharks keep getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> By the fourth one, it's just you've got to be kidding me. Um, it's but on e- a boat, right? <laughs> not attacking a boat. <laughs> um, By the fourth one. Or but you know by the even by the end of the, this one when, you know the shark is is eating the the orca, I I still think it looks incredible. Like it does I, look pretty I, good when it comes up for the first time and we get that very famous, you know I think we're gonna need a bigger boat, mm-hmm. um, which was an improv line by Roy Scheider. Really? Yeah, I still think that that is one of the most incredible moments mm-hmm. because the shark just looks so cool and it still yeah. looks legit. It's so funny having seen that the movie when I did because I don't know if it was like, do you remember these reels they used to show at the beginning of DVDs where it was like, you know, expand your DVD library. Yeah. And it was all these like little clips of things. And oh, I don't, yeah, and they would I don't show that. Right? And they do it for Blu-ray as well. Yeah. There was that scene. It was, you know, the shark coming up and, and Brody's, Brody's, uh, cigarette falling out of his mouth or whatever happens. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was just funny. Cause I was, you know, you're watching that scene, he's got the chum, he's got the, the cigarette in his mouth, and I'm like, oh, that thing's about to happen that I've seen a million times. Yeah. So, it's like an iconic moment. It really is. I mean, and that's the great thing about this movie, that when you say iconic, there are just so many iconic moments yeah. throughout the film. Uh, a lot of it because of a shark that didn't work, and a lot of it because of, and this is something we talked about during our, our which may or may not have aired by now, our <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park retrospective in John Williams' score. Mm-hmm. And originally, when they screened the film, there was something missing, being the score, and the executives didn't much care for it. Uh, and so when Spielberg met with Williams, the only thing he played him were those two iconic notes over and over again, and Spielberg thought he was joking. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, he had full orchestration to it and everything, and it it created the sound of the of the movie. Uh, as Williams does for a lot of the things that he does. I don't think a big influence on it is Verna Fields, the editor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, I mean, you can't can't deny the impact that she had. Um, 
Do you want to talk a little bit more about that, though? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I had that written great. down, and now I can... <laughs> just going down the list. Yeah, Verna Fields, I mean, she... You know, Spielberg was with her the entire time, and they worked very collaboratively together. They called her Mother Cutter, which I always thought was <laughs> really wonderful. Um, <laughs> it's just so... It's. I mean, we'll probably say it again, but it's just so hard to imagine a 25-year-old anybody being in charge of this. Of course, we know Spielberg became Spielberg. Right. But, I, I mean... Being 30 now, I can't imagine anybody, myself or any 25, other 25-year-old, 25 in charge of a movie. You had to grow up fast back then. Yeah, for real. Right? <laughs> I mean, the, the movie, you know, that we made when I was 25, mm-hmm. you know, I thought that that was hard. Right. I mean, they, they faced every single hardship you could possibly face mm-hmm. on this film. I mean, And like you said, logistically, it's just a really tough movie. Right. And I mean, we could probably fill two hours just talking about the first movie. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, obviously don't want to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I could, I do want to do that, but right. we can't do that. Right. Um, but this movie, you know, I mean, it, it kind of changed cinema. This created the blockbuster, the idea mm-hmm. of a summer blockbuster, uh, when it opened in June of of seventy five, um, and from there it just you know created uh, a cultural juggernaut. You yep. Know? Um. We have this movie to thank and blame for a lot of summer movies, good and bad. Well, I think it's that thing that happens in film, too much of a good thing. Sure. You know, and then it starts to get watered down and diluted. and Because for a long time, the summer blockbuster was great. It was a great thing to have. It was a great premise. And then uh, this also created the Jaws effect, though, of the, the uh, uh, natural creature feature, which was, you know, other sharks... Bees, bears, you know, everything. Um, Which I like. I think that that's a fun subgenre. I, I will pretty <laughs> ne- much watch it. Rarely any. good, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there was Burt Reynolds' Shark, which was re-released after Jaws came out uh, with a campaign that uh, publicized that a stuntman had died during the making of the film. Oh. Uh, there was also Mako, The Jaws of Death, which is about a guy who can telepathically communicate with sharks. Uh, and that, Oh, to be him. That do his bidding... <laughs> Uh, there was Grizzly, which was a bear movie. The Swarm, uh, which was a bee movie. Tentacles, <laughs> literally. Did you ever see it that? It was a bee movie that was a D movie. That movie oh. with Charles Bronson called White uh, Buffalo, where it's essentially like Jaws, but it's a white buffalo. Yes, I wow. have seen that. And he plays uh, Wild Bill Hickok. <laughs> I didn't even remember that. Holy shit. With like these little John Lennon sunglasses. sunglasses. It's actually a pretty surreal, interesting movie. Wow. Do you know who directed it? I can't remember. Someone? No, nah, I don't remember. Okay. But I knew at one point. Um, I'm That's gonna have what to matters. Yeah, that I point. knew it. Right? <laughs> right. That's the important thing. Um, but Jaws, I mean, it, it just, I think, you know, shot for shot is a, is one of the most incredibly put together films. For everything that they went through, um, it ends up being, you know, just a... Uh, just an incredible film. Right. The score, the effects. When the shark worked, it really, really worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when it didn't work, we're left with, you know, some great alternatives. Some POV shots. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even those faraway shots, when the Kittner boy is, you know, attacked on the raft, that shot from the beach, you know, with people obscuring the frame, mm-hmm. and you just see this geyser of blood. Right. Yeah, that is. I I was watching that, rewatching it the other day, and I was like, they just had to have like a blood cannon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. It's, it's again, I mentioned this before on the podcast, but it's like a Castlevania, uh, uh bad guy dying, just right? A just ridiculous a gout of blood. Yeah, guys are of blood and fire. Yeah, <laughs> and there have only been some fire shooting up too. Uh, yeah, perfect. That was no kid. That was some sort of undead. They probably considered it for Jaws four. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Would, yeah she just blows up. What if, um, the, what if the what if the shock bro, uh, was breathing fire? <laughs> he he roars like a lion already. Why don't we make him breathe fire? <laughs> um, so, uh, what if I just pictured the MGM logo with a shark? Shark. Ah. Um, so there was a. It's ba- obviously based on the novel by Peter Benchley. We talked a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. There were several things that were cut from the novel that were originally in the script. One being which uh, a mob uh, storyline about the to- the mayor having to kind of contend with the local mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, also a mafia. Mafia. Okay. 
Um, also, um, there was a romance between uh, Hooper and Mrs. Brody. Mm, she had oh. an affair. And that was in the script originally. But then they cut that as well. Most, excuse me, the most famous uh, change between the movie and the book being the, the end of the film. Uh, Quint doesn't die the same way. In the book, he kind of goes out more like Ahab and is kind of dragged under by the shark. Mm. He gets you know caught up in some of the, the refuse of the ship and uh, you know gets dragged down. And I, I know that the shark doesn't die the same way either. But I don't care because there is no greater moment in film than smile, you son of a bitch, and the shark just blowing the fuck up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is the most... I can... I will watch that movie a million times before I'm dead, and I will always just get the biggest swell in my heart when that shark blows up. Mm-hmm. It's like great, you know, in, in a great tradition of, like, the hero saying something awesome right before yeah. the villain dies. But it really is awesome. Yeah, it's it is awesome. It's not a dumb line. No. It's a now, good, it it's... doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel, you know, cliche. It doesn't feel played out. Because mm-hmm. um, they're not showing the tank in its mouth. Yeah, no. Nah. They only I mean they show that one quick shot where it's just in the corner yeah. of his mouth and See, I, I tended to remember it differently, like is it being up and like the thing and he was aiming at the tank, but it wasn't like that. His <laughs> head was mostly underwater and he just kind of shot it. That's exactly what I was thinking cuz I <clears throat> I watched it today. And that scene specifically, I remember thinking, oh, you can't even see the tank. Is he gonna hit the? Oh, he got it! Yeah, you know. So, um, and he shoots three shots, yeah. or two shots before that last one, and and you know, um, and like the mast, he's he's on the surface of the water, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like how it's sinking, and it's let's just let's it's, just it's at a weird angle. Yeah, yeah. We'll start from the beginning. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I could. All right, I'm, fade in. <laughs> um, ocean night. Um, so. Hippies playing harmonica. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Summer dinks. They must die. Um, <laughs> Weird bits of, again, ADR conversation. Yeah. Come in the water. <laughs> Stuff that sounds like Bob Dylan music, but, but <laughs> isn't because of copyright issues. Right, right. Um, the other great thing besides the POV shot that I think is worth talking about, I actually feel like this is kind of two movies. Once they get on the Orca at the end, it becomes a different movie. Yeah. Um, I think intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like that, that's when it really becomes Jaws. Yeah. yeah. Because to me, it's about those three guys, right. you know? Um, and the, the barrels as mm-hmm. as evidence that the shark is present. Right. Another incredible choice. Right. And another one because the, sh- the shark wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, so they end up using the barrels, you know, to, to uh, signify the shark. Yeah. Another great choice. Uh, <clears throat> and then you have... In that in that whole sequence, probably the most iconic scene being the Indianapolis speech, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, but the Indianapolis speech is just because there's so many people involved in, in talking about it. You know, there's, there's part of Shaw, there's part of Spielberg, part of Gottlieb. Um, really, I mean, it's it's just such an incredible speech. Yeah, um, and just. Then it then it finishes, you know, or it starts with them comparing wounds, goes to the Indianapolis speech, and mm-hmm. then they start singing "Show Me the Way to Go Home." Right. Just what a what a cool moment. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking earlier about just the general pacing, and how that's a nice little break. Mm-hmm. They all get along for a minute. Mm-hmm. For a minute. I hope I quit playing with your dinghy. <laughs> and especially, I mean, up to the point where Brody shoots him at the end, he's fairly inactive. Yeah, and impotent, I guess. Well, yeah, and that's the, uh, that's the whole thing is that he is constantly being neutered in the film. Yeah, you know, Brody doesn't want to be on an island. He hates the water. You know, he you get the sense that he had to leave his job in New York, working for I would assume for the police department there mm-hmm. to be this you know sheriff here to provide for his family. Mm-hmm. The townspeople are mad at him. The mayor's, you know, always taking power away from him. He can't do anything. He has to hire this guy who immediately emasculates him. Uh, And then, you know, once they get on the boat, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. You know, the thing where he's pouring the Old Spice into the handkerchief while he's chumming. I mean, that's, you know, he's miserable. Until, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. Until that very last, that, that end scene where he really takes control. That's what makes the sequel so devastating. Uh, cause he's just so beat down, but mm-hmm. we'll get there in a minute. 
Um, yeah, I mean, again, I could talk about it for days and days, but I think, you know, it it sets up... It, it really sets up for, okay, this should be it. There's really no reason to ever have a sequel to this movie. Right. It doesn't make good sense. Well, how many different ways can you go with a shark? Right. You know. Even in the, <laughs> even in the second one, it's like, um... This is, we did this, which I like the well. Let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about the sequel. Okay. Uh, the original idea was that it, you know, and the original director, um, it was John Hancock, not that John Hancock, uh, wanted to have kind of a much darker film in which Amity was the place that time forgot. Mm-hmm. This happens, you know, to this booming summer town, and then people are just just to off. be clear, there are no more books, right? Right. Okay. There's novelizations, but didn't he write that Megalodon book though later? No, that was uh, s- not him. Okay. That wasn't Ben. Never mind. I did read. You it. knew it at one yeah, point, right? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I read it. <laughs> um, side note: Eli Roth is making that movie. Have you heard? No, oh, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, that's one that's been in like development for years and years, and now he's attached to it. It sounds like it's always seems like a sci-fi movie, though. Yeah, it doesn't seem like. like a ha- haven't they already movie. done it? Right. But anyway, um, yeah, this was originally well the original when they first started shooting. That's what the movie was about. When they were writing the script, it was originally suggested to be a prequel mm. and to be the story of the Indianapolis. Which what a good movie! What a good idea! Yeah, it could have potentially brought Shaw back, mm-hmm. young Shaw. Yeah, <laughs> or somebody to play a younger Shaw. I right. remember. <laughs> <laughs> have him on the front porch at the beginning. <laughs> Wait, you're supposed to be dead. He's telling that story to everybody you find out right? <laughs> at the drop of a hat. You get one shot of liquor. And then, yeah. Let me tell you about the... Oh, shit, here he comes with the Indianapolis story again. I hide the chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> when I watched this for the first time, I texted uh, Josh, friend of the show, Josh, uh-huh. that I was like, your dad is Shaw. Because, <laughs> you know, you get him talking and it's like, oh, my gosh. There he goes. Here come the stories. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten Dan talking. Well, once you do, it's like, you know, it's... I remember it's one meal day I thought I left something over at the house and I knocked and I knew he was there because his car was there. I knocked for like 10 minutes. He never came, even came to the door. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, <laughs> he was telling somebody's story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was not having it. Yeah. I pictured him looking out the, the, the window I'm like, nope. <laughs> not doing it. Not whatever doing he's it. up, whatever he wants, no. Um, so originally suggested to be a prequel... They originally wanted Shaw, or Shaw, not Shaw, Dreyfus and Scheider to come back. Mm-hmm. Dreyfus said no. Roy Scheider... Dreyfus re- said no. No. <laughs> uh, he, well, he was filming Close Encounters of the Third Kind with mm-hmm. Spielberg at the time. Um, and Scheider refused three times. And then they he, had a, he was contracted for three pictures with Universal. And he was had already done a, one other film. And then they said, okay, listen. Oh, he did Sorcerer for William Friedkin. Um, and they said, okay, listen, you can do this and we'll count it as two movies mm. and let you out of your contract. That should have been a warning sign right there. That like, hey, we're making this one movie count for two. Right. Um, please. <laughs> please do it. John Hancock, as I said, was the original director. Um, but when he did this kind of darker take, they Universal wanted teenagers. They wanted to go more slasher kind of route with it. Um, slasher shark. I was telling slasher Cam shark. they're all like rejected camp counselors from uh, <laughs> Crystal Lake. There's like. like the nerd, and then yeah. there's the hot ones, and they're gonna go out and they're gonna have sex, and yep. you <laughs> know the thing, the, the killer is gonna get them. They're gonna get eaten by the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's like the the old man. I don't know if he's actually. That that old like janitor character from old the, Ralph, the one that's always like, "Don't who yeah, warns them?" Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. tries the to tell them. Right. Um, if only he'd been like holding a trident. Right. <laughs> it's literally Poseidon. Right. Um, John Hancock was fired from the film and was replaced by Gino Zwark, I believe is how you pronounce oh, it. Oh boy. Um, and they can so, control that person. Gino <laughs> yeah, right. Schwark. He's uh, not real. They originally approached Spielberg as well, at, right as Close Encounters was finishing. How long? How long now. after? Five years, maybe. I don't even think Close it was Encounters that. was seventy-eight. I think wasn't it or seventy-seven? Okay. Yeah, so two or three. Um, so yeah, so not a super long time. But this one was also plagued with the same production problems: a shark that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I mean, they had to replace a director. The script was constantly being changed. Yeah. Gottlieb was br- brought back in. Um, and so it, when they're having all these problems, they're like, this happened last time. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to have another blockbuster. Right here. Yeah. Which it eventually did become a very successful film. Mm-hmm. But it's just not it. The thing that I commented to Cam earlier was like, I said that Jaws 2 is the film that really, really wants to be Jaws. It just really wants to be that first film. It's shot in a similar fashion. There are these great big long takes. Um, you know, you have these interactions between Scheider and the, the other characters that are s- supposed to feel like they do, you know, these little character things that make yeah. the first one so great that just fail in the second mm-hmm. one. Um, even You think you know, that's a writing thing or a directing thing or just... I think it's kind of a combination of everything. I mean, I mm. think the, the stories are that Scheider really did not want to be there and that he was a professional, but that he really just was not feeling it. Right. Um, but you know, it just doesn't, it loses the magic. Um, I remember when I was maybe three quarters of the way through it, texting you and saying, I don't care about anybody in this movie. Yeah. I, cause I just remember it was at the point where they the kids were floating on the remains of their boat and I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Like eat them all. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Every stupid kid. One single gulp. I'll be fine. And the thing is, is like, okay, this happened once to our community. <clears throat> Don't don't try to say that the sheriff is crazy. He has yeah. photographic <laughs> proof that there is a shark. Mm-hmm. Why are you why are you being dicks? Yes. And that's the other thing. The the kill happens the very first kills happen immediately in the movie yep. with the, with the divers looking at at the wreckage of Ben Gardner's boat. Um which for some reason they just left. I feel like they would probably haul that in. Right. After the first movie, maybe not. Um because it had the remains of a dead body in it. Yeah. Anyway, not important. <laughs> I guess it is, but maybe it's, it's the you know, most important thing. You can save our "it doesn't make sense" arguments for the fourth one. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, maybe a little for the third one as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. This movie is just about. I love the ending. I mean, I like how the shark goes out, just big electrocuted, deep fried mm-hmm. shark. Yeah. It's smart. Oh, what does he say? Open wide. Yeah. <laughs> just try to get that iconic yeah. line and just open uh, wide. You guy, I don't like. Like it's just some weird. <laughs> <laughs> Weird mutation. You fellow fletching shark? I don't know. Um, so, it's just kind of... what It ends up being the premise for the, the Draws ride at Universal Studios, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a bummer, because it's the same way the shark dies. He right. bites a cord, comes yeah. up all charred. Uh, but that's, you know... By the end of it, you're just like, I don't give a fuck yeah. about any of this. I remember very little... About this movie. Yeah. I just remember yeah. teenagers, and I remember not caring. I mean, My favorite part in it, I think, is when it attacks those people. And I think it's, I feel like it's right out in front of, like, Miss Kittredge's place. That old woman's watching, mm-hmm. and then for whatever reason, to try and kill the shark, the woman, like, dumps gasoline all over herself. And then fires a flare. Do you remember that part? And it blows up. I vaguely remember this. It's game. just, it's the dumbest shot ever. It makes no sense. It's like, all of a sudden there's a giant thing of gas in her in her boat when mm-hmm. Jaws is attacking. Yeah. And she's like, ah, and she picks up the gas yes, can yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. upside down and it pours all over. And <laughs> as you fires do. the flare. And then she grabs a flare gun and. Right. Explodes. <laughs> and Miss Kittredge is watching. I and think. that's it? Yeah, yeah, and then and then they find and then Brody discovers the remains later on. But I think the it's boat. they're all badly burned, so they don't know if it's a shark accident or not. Right? Yeah. Don't. This is just your average uh, Who got <laughs> extreme Viking burning. funeral type thing. <laughs> <laughs> These kids are just trying to mass suicide with Viking funerals. Uh, I think I feel like they maybe missed an opportunity there to just let the story go with Miss Kittredge, who just always seems to see horrible, horrible things. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. happening all the time. He's a shark summoner. <laughs> the shark summoner. Yeah, that's should a help. have been the plot of the fourth movie. Mm-hmm. And she just slaps summoning. people each movie. And wonder who she's gonna slap in that movie. Who's <laughs> getting slapped? Um, who didn't do their job? And it's Miss Kittredge's job. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of good things. to Yeah, say what about else this do you movie? want from me? I don't know. Well, there was. I feel like this. they also had a missed opportunity with that like trampoline boat. Did there? Shouldn't there have been a thing? Did it? Or maybe, was that in my imagination? Did Jaws never come up through the middle of that trampoline boat? Because he should have. I don't think so. Well, 
Maybe remember. that was just an effect that didn't work, and they had to cut it. <laughs> but cut John's coming out of trampoline vote. <laughs> Damn it! Um, yeah, this this the failure to incorporate a glass bottom vote in any Jaws movies is also a massive failure. That'll I feel be like. a reboot. Okay, the eventual reboot. Take note, Hollywood. Glass bottom vote. <laughs> <laughs> He says, pushing up his glasses. Uh, this moves on. Uh, so originally there was no plan for a third Jaws movie. Mm-hmm. Then something magical happens in the early 80s. 3D. 3D. The, 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 the renaissance of 3D. Not even the renaissance. The rejuvenation of 3D. Mm-hmm. Starting with... Uh, renaissance well, implies it was good. Yeah. Not even really starting with, but with Friday 13th Part 3... Uh, Amityville 3D and then Jaws 3D mm-hmm. which originally Jaws 3 was going to be a National Lampoon movie called Jaws 3 People Zero <laughs> <sighs> I would say the people have at least one point though right because they yeah, killed one I think he has two two yeah gets killed twice come on <sighs> just so dumb <laughs> just so stupid well that's the thing like we may have had Okay, for one thing, I should say that I enjoyed 3, even though it's a terrible movie. Yeah, I enjoyed 3. I do, too. But it could have been even better as a National Lampoon's. It almost seemed like a parody anyway. Well, especially with the 3D effects. Yes. That just don't work. Which is funny, because the 3D effects worked in the theater. Again, this thing that happened uh, when they released these movies on home video, they realized, oh, we can't, we have no technology to, you know, show these at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they just went to... They're normal. Every every 3D movie that was then put on, you know, television and DVD, it was just called Part Three. So it was right. Jaws Part Three instead of 3D. Right. All those movies had the same shot of somebody with a spear. Yeah, co- yeah. coming at the. I remember yeah. Friday the Thirteenth Part Three the has the gun. same thing. Yep. And then an eyeball comes out. The eyeball one is such a. And then the yo-yo. Do you remember the yo-yo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the wallet. <laughs> I remember the wallet, but yeah, Part Three had the weirdest. That's effects. I. You know, I had no idea this was a 3D movie. And it didn't dawn on me until, like, the third shot of some, like, weird, disembodied isn't the word, but, like, Floaty. something that's, well, like, yeah, green screeny. Yeah. F- something floating at the screen. I was like, wait a minute. This was a 3D movie. Yep. It took, like, after those, you know, few shots, I was finally like, oh. This one is also, uh, had, um, I mean, I guess kind of star power. Louis Gossett Jr. is in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. As the quote unquote bad guy, I mean, he's not even, he's just kind of an entrepreneur. He's just easily convinced by everybody around him. Right. <laughs> um, and also Dennis Quaid. Uh, the Quaid. And Leah Thompson. Yeah, yeah, as the other skier. Yeah. God, I forgot about that. I was like, That's, oh, well, this was the one with from... the skiing acrobatics, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. That was um, a hell of a thing. And this was also directed by Joe Alves, who was the production designer on the first two films. Mm hmm. They passed it off. They originally wanted him to direct the second one. They also asked Verna Fields to direct the second one. But there was a law, or a big Hollywood... Women can't direct. Essentially. No, it was called uh, the Eastwood. And I wonder if it's named for Clint. Um, <laughs> but it was where if a, if a director was fired, somebody from the production could not take over. Mm. So Verna Fields and Joe Alves, neither of them at the time could take over. Right. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Surely not. No, it can't be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jaws 3D has some cool stuff. Uh, the premise is cool. The fact that it takes place in a, in a theme park. Yeah. Kind of yeah. remind me of Westworld in a way. Yeah. I get that vibe, for sure. I wonder if they were trying to kind of recreate some of that. Magic. I don't know. Some of that Yul Brenner. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that Blade Runner magic. Nothing could go wrong in this park. <laughs> that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The shark is in the park. <laughs> I just they died how did they the how did they miss the forty foot shark at all ever? Like oh, why well, there it is. I've been to SeaWorld. It's not that big. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it was a fantasy version of SeaWorld. Right. Yeah, it was uh, one that is ten times as big. Maybe. With underwater tunnels. And, yeah, 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 yeah. That was kind of works as the glass bottom thing. We've got underwater tunnels. Yeah, yeah, true. Daddy, look at the shark. <laughs> I just think this movie very much succeeds on a camp level. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. And I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna watch one of the sequels, three is definitely the one to go with. Sure. Yeah, I would say so. But the thing that ends up happening is that it's not it ends up not being in canon at all. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Like they, 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 they erase it for the fourth movie. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, because they never do any. Yeah, though, because the sons are totally in different professions. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they call that uh, all of the press releases for Jaws the Re- uh, Jaws the Revenge called it the trilogy conclusion. Oh, oh, which is interesting. Um, Good thing no one was paying attention. <laughs> press <laughs> that's the thing. Is this like, is the just another Jaws movie. Weren't paying attention. That's the thing. I watch the Jaws movies, and as much, whatever I feel about the sequels, I'm just like it doesn't matter. Like none of these matter besides the first one. Sure. It's like I got they're, like, they're, I feel that way about some other franchises, but I'm just like, well, but this is like this that's actually true of this. Like, mm-hmm. no it's like one, the Evil Dead's. They just kind of don't pay any attention to the ones that came before. Yeah, them. yeah. And I feel like, uh, yeah, that, I feel like that's gonna. But be those true are that's a good franchise. As well. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I don't know, and it it consistently. I mean, this is kind of a weird in between because I don't think that it's maybe a very well put together movie but it's still fun mm-hmm. whereas the second one is more well put together but it's just not fun i feel yeah. like they had like four ideas that they wanted for this movie one was like the skiers with this fin coming up one was <laughs> they built it around isolated ideas. yeah i think they probably and one was like the tunnels yeah. mm-hmm. one was like the finale which i like the finale of it yeah with the, the, with the, the this it's just in the, the thing yeah yeah well, and the the whole thing, I mean, it being directed by the production designer, it feels like it's being directed around the sets, you know, like that mm-hmm. it's everything is being revolved around this, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It has some cool set pieces, um, which can't really be said about the second one, mm-hmm. and it definitely can't be said about the fourth one, mm-hmm. I don't think. Second one is like they just went out into, like when people go into the woods and they make a movie, they just yeah. went into the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go. What do you need with the water? Figure it out. You got an inflatable shark? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so yeah, 3D and Carl Gottlieb also very famously said, um, they stopped making sequels after they start losing money. This one did not lose money. Mm. This one still made money. Um, and it actually became a very six, again, another successful sequel. Weird. But this is when we get into Jaws the Revenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jaws the Revenge. I just, I did want to ask one question. Yeah. Did like, did Lewis Gossett Jr. survive? Jaws 3. What ends up happening to him? I don't know. They never show him after... It shows him, like, taking a... Like, swimming off. Right. I don't know how anybody could survive that without a gas... But it, and they implied that he did. I don't know. Yeah, you never see him again. Maybe just they thought after the spectacle of that, that 3D matter. Jaws flying around <laughs> that you'd forget <laughs> all about it. it. I don't forget about Lewis Gossett Jr. Well, I wondered that when I was watching it. And then in the end, it was just like a... You know, it's cut short by the dolphin and a freeze frame, and yeah. <laughs> um, I want to say I want to think that he lived, and, and this, that, just got the shit suit out of him. Probably, yeah. Um, he faked with, his death, hanging out with That's John Hammond yeah, yeah. somewhere. He re- <laughs> <laughs> all these failed theme par- like theme park owners, a guy from Westworld. They all have the same story. I didn't think anything would go wrong. <laughs> it's a damn shock. <laughs> That's all, he does. That's all he does the whole movie. He's like, this, this is a damn fish. <laughs> Am I in trouble for impersonating a black man? On- no, I don't no. think so. If I'm it's sure. a good impression. Why? <laughs> I'm sure it's happened on this show before. Um, so, yeah, uh, I want to think he faked his death to avoid litigation. And I also like that one guy whose first instinct was like, let's kill it on <laughs> camera. <laughs> it's the, their first thing. That's like... That's his immediate go-to. Well, I'm going to kill it on camera. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> right. I mean, people would pay good money to see that. And he's Australian. Maybe? I guess? Like, yeah. And this they the got to like, Australian. actually, no, don't. It was just a weak argument against it. I, the Australian had a... He had all the four... He had the, the, you know... The gusto. He had the will and everything, the mm-hmm. gusto. We got a crocodile drunk. I'm going to fill him at noise and make him fight the shark. <laughs> what do you think? That's me playing. That's like, a good TV. That's like, no, you can't do that. got grenades. I got a grenade. <laughs> Throw them in with the other fish. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. And Lewis Gossett Jr. is like considering it. He's like, yeah. I like this. <laughs> and then they're like, wait, it'll it'll hurt the other fish. And he's like, oh. Oh, hell. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> he turns into He, turns into he running from, a, from he, Lethal Weapon. <laughs> oh, hell. Reeks. Um, so, Jaws Revenge this time it's personal is literally the tagline for the film. Mm-hmm. 
This is where I keep talking about psychic sharks. This is literally psychic shark, right? Yes. The other th- no and no psychic psych- Lorraine Gary. She's really the psychic. She's the psychic. She's the one okay. feeling it. She's okay. got some weird psychic link with the shark. Okay. And of moments in the other movies that she was not present at, right? Mm-hmm. Or that nobody was present at. Exactly. Survived. She 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 knows these things. Um, whereas the other three movies were produced over uh, several years. This one, from start to finish, nine months. Wow. And everyone referred to it as a ticking time bomb. <laughs> they, everyone knew that this was a bad idea, mm-hmm. but they still went forward with it. Yeah, because it looked like fun. You know, they were in the Bahamas. Bahamas but that's, I feel that's why they did it. Yeah. It was, oh, I get, a, I get a, a, a shoot in the Bahamas, and I make a huge paycheck. Because both she and Michael Caine have both said, well, the movie sucks, but it paid for this house, or, you know... She said she literally said during production in an interview, "Well, I'm making a lot off of this movie, and if that's all you could say, that's terrible." I always yes. that's what Betsy Palmer said about Friday, Friday the Thirteenth. But mm. I, I feel like at least with Betsy Palmer, she grew to love. Yeah, you know the franchise. She's like, went, "I needed a new car." Right. <laughs> um, but with this, it's just this was a turd. Well, give us a little bit of like what is the the basic premise of the setup so, for the revenge. The shark is literally coming for revenge. Mm-hmm. Mother shark, giant mother shark, I guess, right. is coming for revenge. Uh, the The younger son is now, or was it the older son? I think it was the older son. Is the police officer? It doesn't matter. But. No, it really <laughs> doesn't. One of the sons is now a police officer in Amity. In the opening scenes, uh, he is on a dock or on a like a little ferry type thing mm-hmm. um, and gets killed by the shark yeah. at, at Christmas. Which is such a... I think... I really do. I and think the, caroler, they, the carolers cover up his screams. Yeah. Right. And I th- I actually really do think that that's a great scene. Yeah. It's not a... Like, it's it's a little hammy when he starts screaming. But I think it's a, a great scene. And he clearly is hiding his... Yeah, he's hiding his, his, hand, arm. his arm under the raincoat. Um, yeah, but. it's just such a big... Like, it, 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 they could have cut a hole in the boat. Right. <laughs> um, no, no, no. We only got nine months. No, let's go. Hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> Um, but I do think that that opening scene, it's kind of, you know, it's weird that it's in the middle of winter. Um, it's weird, you know, that it's at night and that there are carolers and it's just kind of a haunting scene. Then we cut to, you know, funeral and, and Lorraine Gary going to the Bahamas to get away from everything. Her son, who is now a marine biologist there... Who, but uh, not the same, not Dennis Quaid's character. I don't right. think. No, mm. no, that's the thing. Like they get rid of all yeah, the yeah. continuity from the third one. So now the kid, you know, one of them's in the Bahamas, um, and then the shark swims from Amity to the Bahamas to fuck her up <laughs> and take everything she's ever loved. Yes, yeah. yes. That's the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the ending was originally that the shark flew out of the water and gets speared by the boat. It opened <laughs> on a Friday. They went into reshoots that weekend to change the ending. Wow. And then they released the v- version that we have seen for the European release. But I always read that Michael Caine couldn't accept his Oscar for Hannah and her sisters because he had to go back and do reshoots yes. for, for this that's, movie. That's exactly what it was. Holy shit. Can Cow you man. imagine? Can you imagine that that's what you missed your Oscar <laughs> ceremony for? Was Jaws the Revenge? <laughs> this is a nightmare. This everything about this movie is just nightmare. I'm sure he was well compensated. Uh, yeah, in some they way. bought him a house. You know, that's the. I mean, that's the thing is. But uh, Mario Van Peebles is in this movie. Melvin Van Peebles yeah. makes a cameo. <clears throat> um, Michael Caine, Lorraine Gary, like good actors. That and then it just kind of doesn't. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this movie. It has a lot in common with the second one, and that it's just to me the the takeaway is just overwhelming drabness. Yeah, Judge, and just not caring about any of it. You've probably watched this most recently. I, yes, this morning. Yeah. What yeah. do you have to say about this? Movie? I don't know. It reminded me. All right. Well, a watching all these movies reminded me of like a Saturday morning when I was a kid, like mm-hmm. seeing them and not being that interested, but enough to like, not change the channel. Right. But I don't know. It definitely seemed like a TV movie, kind <clears throat> of. Uh, I don't know. It, 
it just the pacing's all weird. Like it was built around the idea of commercials or something. Right. Here we can put a commercial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of a product. <laughs> Pantene Pro. And then there's like, you know, Michael Caine's character. You don't know what he does, even though it's obvious he's a drug smuggler. International playboy. Right. He's very I reckless. I didn't write that down, but I was about to. Like the first time they meet him, he's like got a whole family in his plane. He's like, "We go down and we go up." Yeah. You know, and the houses get smaller. Now the houses get bigger. Yeah, it's really well. My so my history. I think I told you this, Cam, is that besides the first movie, I've seen the third and the fourth the most. Mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, actually buying a copy of Jaws of Revenge when I was a kid, like, on VHS from a video store that was going out of business mm-hmm. and, like, watching the shit out of it and not, probably knowing that it wasn't as good as the first one, right? but, like, still just watching it a lot. Something just occurred to me, that in the Jaws video game, you have it's to kill him. On the, it's based on yeah. the Jaws of Revenge, which is yeah. so bizarre. Is it? I didn't know you if have, it was based... do what? I didn't know if it was based on Jaws of Revenge or Jaws of Revenge took that scene from... In the video game, that's how you kill him by ramming your boat. Yeah. Oh, okay. You have to, like, time it perfectly and shock him out of the water, and then you ram him with the boat. I didn't yeah, research no, anything, so I didn't look up which came first. Pre- no, it's pretty much ba- it's based on... The game movie. is based on the movie. Yeah. I guess so, because it's the 80s. They don't really say <laughs> that, but it is. I mean, it's, you know, there's, like, coral reef and everything. and uh, The game doesn't make any sense. The game doesn't... You have a cannon... On the on the fucking boat, you like shoot cannonballs into the water. Or no, you're in a submarine that shoots cannonballs for some reason. Um, and then there's like Do you get projectiles. Right. Makes sense to me. <laughs> it's like it also takes elements for the third one, where there are like baby sharks and then a big shark. What was it made by? That company that made all the yes. the game TJI or yeah, something. It's made by the same people. This the, the Friday the Thirteenth. I used people. to have the Jaws game. It was like a silver or gold cartridge. Yeah. Mm. Um, not a great game either. I could never get it to work. Really? Like, work at so. all to play it? Well, I could, but then I didn't know what was happening. I always feel like when I remember those old Nintendo games, like, I start, like, I don't know where I was starting in them. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's a lot of Nintendo <laughs> games. Just wondering, I mean, uh, the first Zelda game being the prime example, just being like, what do I even do? <laughs> right. If you bought them used and it didn't come with the, the instruction booklet. manual. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of had to figure it out. My mother... <laughs> queen of the jaws video game could beat the shit out of that game really yeah hmm. um i wasn't any good at it we'll find that out later on in our retrospective as we play the jaws video game oh yeah i forgot we were going to do that playthrough yeah. um but uh just a turd of a movie mm-hmm. i like how lorraine gary in that movie seems to be able to hear the jaws theme when it happens <laughs> because like a bump, she bump, and she's like <laughs> john john <laughs> <laughs> is anybody on the banana boat yeah <laughs> where's the strength section i know you're here that's that's one of the hardest things to watch about that movie is just everybody reacting to things and nobody ever doing any like right. that banana boat scene is a prime example painful like, though that's so hard to watch because it's just people screaming mm-hmm. i don't i find it's bad actors screaming badly <laughs> into the camera <laughs> And having to look really concerned, but but not being able to, not being given anything to do other than just stand and scream. If if they had never made this movie today, they would make this movie as a sci-fi original Jaws movie. Yeah. This mm. would be the sci-fi original Jaws movie. Right. Jaws the Revenge, this Friday on Sci-Fi. Yeah. That's exactly what it'd be, what it would be, starring Tara Reid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's exactly what, what it would be today. And how does Lorraine Gary know... What Roy Scheider yelled at Jaws right. in the first one. Unless he told her. It's like know. he's communicating with her like this is your moment. Well, and, and <laughs> Stab <she> him. Was, <laughs> and she's so convinced that he died of a... I mean, he, he did die of a yeah. heart attack in the in the Because he the was mythology. so afraid of the shark. Shar- the sharks gave him a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I kept telling him not to worry about sharks. But, but he, he just kept worrying. About sharks. <laughs> Why did he worry so much about the sharks? Seems like it would be a problem that everybody around town knew about. Like she would have to. <laughs> I think he died. Everybody like we know he we, did we, because he ran around. He ate a lot of clutching pork, his chest right? and talking about, about the sharks. 
This is the big oh, one. Oh, the sharks. <laughs> oh, well, this is the big one. I'm coming, honey. <laughs> Getting all worked up right in the face. Right, right about sharks. What and she... then she knew about the sun dying. She yeah. was pe- picturing it and waking up at night. Bizarre. Super psychic. Super psychic. Mm-hmm. And um, Michael Caine's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I can't tell you. They they had like a weird romance thing going on. Yeah, right? set up for like him. She wasn't even that upset when he seemed to die but in the plane, mm-hmm. and he's not even wet when he crawls out of the ocean. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was his number one uh, stipulation. I'm not getting wet. Not... You throw that bucket on me, <laughs> and I'll punch you in the nose. <laughs> oh shit! So hold on, he was in what? No, he was in the Italian job. Not French Connection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I was about to say if he was, was in he? French no, Connection. No. Okay, yeah. No. I'm confusing my European country noun thing. <laughs> noun movie. Anyway. <laughs> um after that, no more Jaws things for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean there was Jaws video games. Just a lot of Jaws jokes. A lot of Jaws jokes. Parody I mean it's one of the most the, the poster art being one of the most parodied things ever. Yes. Um the Jaws video games that came out recently. There's one for PS2, Jaws Unleashed. <laughs> Unleashed? Um, yeah. When That's not an appropriate... I don't see on a leash. <laughs> why, why, why'd they have Jaws on a leash to begin with? Why'd they take them off the leash? Didn't they learn anything? Um, if that leash was made of leather, they should have known. <laughs> he's got to rip right through it. Right through Watch the leash. Watch can get through a leather leash. <laughs> uh, Jaws... I don't think that's funny. I don't think that's, I don't think that's funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the best thing that's ever happened in a Jaws movie. Just that woman. Yes. <laughs> Side note, that woman, exactly like my grandfather's wife. Mm. Anytime I see that woman, I'm like, oh, there's my grandfather's wife. Yeah. They're the, the exact same person. Never thought anything was funny. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> no, nope, just very, very she's, New Englander. sorry. Well, when are you going to close the beaches? Um, yeah. It's kind of, I don't, I don't want there to be another Jaws movie. There's been talk over the last few weeks that now that uh, DreamWorks is moving on to another production company that is probably going to be Universal, and there has been talks of a Jaws or Back to the Future reboot. I don't want either of those things to happen. I think as long as Steven Spielberg's alive, he'll stop any Jaws reboot from happening. Well, they've talked about it with him involved, and I'm like, no. you know, there's just no way. I just, I feel like that's... I don't think so. No, right? Like they're the, gonna be like, we talked to him, and, <laughs> and that technically Jones be true. Crossover though, like Indiana Jones crossover. Yeah, no Indiana Jones <laughs> and the Jaws and, and the Jaws. Yeah, and the Jaws and the Jaws. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Shark of Doom. If he goes to Atlantis, I can see it happening. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just sure. pass a Jaws. <laughs> um, that's, that's Jaws, I think. <laughs> How do you know? What's a Jaws? Short round. Get over here. <laughs> Oh, Dr. Jones, and... big shock, Dr. Jones, big shock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, shit. Favorite, favorite retrospective so far, probably. <laughs> uh, probably the shortest one we've done, too. Well, yeah, easiest to manage as well. Yeah, there's not, I mean, there's not like a sweeping, there isn't like a lot of, you know, there weren't like comic books, there weren't. We're in agreement, uh, pretty much, universally. I think everyone would be in agreement that. You know, all the sequels are pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just... Yeah. The third one is at least enjoyable. The other two, they're just bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, just an overwhelming, like, depressive... It's like, boring. Yeah. It's really boring. Uh, and there's actually a, a book or a documentary coming out about the second movie, and I'm just like, why? Yeah. Well, I don't need to know why... I don't need to know the... Like, the great thing about the, the Jaws Blu-ray that came out last year? Or year before? Um, is that it had the shark is not working on it, which is a great Jaws documentary. Mm-hmm. I don't need that for... You need that for the first film. I don't need that for the second film. Right. I don't care that somebody was fired. Yeah. I don't care that they had a dozen They just put this podcast on the DVD. That's, what, that's yeah, all yeah, you yeah, need. For any future Jaws releases, this podcast. This is the definitive opinion. Of the, <laughs> since we're all in agreement... This is I want to meet the guy who loves Jaws the Revenge. Yeah, yeah. Who thinks who has like real oh, good like proof that it's a good movie. Maybe we can Skype him in. He's been telling everybody for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just don't understand. Just pissing people <laughs> off because they're like, "You said this is a good movie." 
Like, he's right about most other movies, you know? Well, Foucault would say about the <laughs> Jaws the Revenge. Is, um, it just has a lot of, like, philosophical yeah, yeah, yeah. subtext about it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's Jaws. Mm-hmm. And how did, okay, right. how did Mario Van Peebles survive? It's like a, a ridiculously happy ending where everybody lives. Yeah. It, where, except for the girl in the banana boat. Where no one should have lived. <laughs> Everyone should. She's have the unluckiest person in that movie. Yeah, because <laughs> it was going after the baby, and it, she got eaten. Scoops her up by mistake, almost. Yeah. I didn't mean to eat you. That's fine. <laughs> and do you notice how long the get. shark stays up in the air? It flies. It's literally like a half mile away from it, and then it jumps, and then you get a shot of Brody going, "Smile, you son of a bitch!" <laughs> and, then, and then she's like. <laughs> She, she does something with a wheel that I'm pretty sure Doesn't is impossible. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's still she up there. It was a portal situation. And then he explodes. Do you which, say? Do you, which doesn't make any sense. How does the shark... I couldn't let this go on without no, be over talk without about talking that. about how it explodes. It does blow up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's a ghost tank in its mouth. Right. It's like the the flash from the first movie somehow, somehow put materialized. A tank in its mouth. Right. And then the ghost of Roy Scheider is like, you did good, honey. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would have done. I would have blown him up. She, she tries to contact him again, but all she sees is smile, you son of a bitch. That's all she gets from here on out. Damn it. <laughs> Brody. Oh, shit. It's, yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. I would like a documentary on that. On okay, that movie. I would take that. Mm-hmm. It'd be like best worst movie. Like seeing why this happened yeah. at all. I want to know why it exploded. Yep. Why everybody gets attacked and lives. Mm-hmm. No one has a, any business. Even uh, even the banana boat survived for a, a while. <laughs> they were still riding it. Banana boat girl, not so much. Um, yeah, even Lorraine Gary has no business surviving that movie. She's tortured. She should. Everyone should die. Mm-hmm. Michael Caine should live. End it in just in the in the bloodline and. In yeah, the misery. We yeah. just see blood floating out. That's what sea. she was doing, I guess, when she got in her head to go out there and face the shark alone. That's the dumbest thing. <laughs> no, she's, go... Where is she? She, she's taken the boat and she's gone out to face the shark. <laughs> Does That's make what they conclude. Any yeah. good sense at all? Let's go find her. Get, get Jack or not Jack Nicholson, <laughs> um, Michael Caine, and his plane and his drug plane. <laughs> I'm gonna bash its brains in. Bash him right get Mrs. in. Get Mrs. Kittner. <laughs> and she just witnessing death. I think she should be in every one. Every movie. <laughs> non, Non-Jaws movies, too. Just all movies witnessing death always. <laughs> With um, a veil. She's the death watcher. <laughs> I feel it. like in the beginning of Jaws, The Revenge... And they had like right after the guy, the son got killed. She should just be standing there. Were, there. I thought she was. I thought the reporter was in the in the rooms. I thought they gathered like all of the towns, all the surviving members of the first movie that would agree to appear in it, and, and just had them in that room. The, it looked like that reporter. I don't know if it was. I didn't check. Should have been there. That would have been great. Yeah, they just had pictures of everybody. <laughs> Roy Scheider sitting. Like there. they did have that picture Robert. of Roy Scheider. Yeah, and then. I had something else, some other like oh well. The, aside from the pictures, I guess just the flashbacks. Her lock of hair from Hooper that she kept after their affair. Ooh, Ooh. chest hair. She has a pillow s- stuffed with his chest. <laughs> <laughs> he shaved before he w- went out of town. <laughs> went back to the Oceanographic Institute. Uh, then a, a then Hooper died in Piranha 3D. That's true. He plays the same character. Really? Dies. Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know that. Yep. He, Richard he, Dreyfus. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus is in the very beginning of the movie playing Hooper. Oh. And he gets eaten by piranhas. Weird side note, my definitive version of Richard Dreyfus is the Star Wars casting calls. From Saturday Night Live? Yeah, and he's like, I'm Richard Dreyfus." That whole thing. I Who think, was I want to say Daryl Hammond, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. My definitive Richard Dreyfus is what about Bob? Is what? S- what about oh, Bob? Oh, okay, yeah. Son of a bitch in Bob. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit! I should add, I would add Close Encounters of the Third Kind as in my top ten, maybe my top three. Okay, I love that movie. 
Yeah. That's probably the Spielberg I've seen the least, but the times I've seen it, I absolutely love it. I like, I almost, 90% of the time, I'll cry in the last, like, 20 minutes of it. Yeah. It's so overwhelming. I cry at the end of Jaws, not really. <laughs> Thought about it. It's not that moving, but man. It's one of those movies that ending. ends, like Karate Kid, that just ends very quickly. It's like victory end. Jaws? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Cooper coming up out of the water and them swimming to shore together. Because that goes through yeah, the first there's a little part bit. of the credits. Yeah, I guess so. What day is it? Yeah. Wins again more minutia. I think he says we're it's, swimming, swimming with the tide or against the tide or something. Yeah, yeah. He's keep kicking. Keep, yeah, keep kicking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be so scared. I'd be more scared of that scenario than of a shark chasing me on a right? boat. Like right, like having to swim back to shore. Yeah, I would. That's like that. worse. Mm-hmm. Except they <clears throat> to touch my feet. <laughs> yeah, I do that when I'm in clear water and I can see everything around me. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, this, the Jaws as a franchise, I won't go in the water. I, I, I have fear of a pool, even. <laughs> I did as a kid. I wouldn't go in our pool. I was like, uh-uh. I was never, it never really made me afraid of sharks, per se. I don't think it ever made me, I think I was afraid anyway of the ocean, and I don't really like getting in it. I yeah. think a lot of people have a general fear of just I mean, it's eels. Just the idea of Wars. not being able to see all these things that move a lot faster than you can yeah. and they're all under you. You're in their territory. Exactly. Yep. There's just that's terrifying. Like the few times I've been out swimming in the ocean that and it's kind of far out that really dawning on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's that's like one of those fears that like is like gets you all the way to the bone, mm-hmm. you know. It's yeah. primal. Primal. So the thing you can pee yourself yeah. in the ocean and nobody knows. Uh, yeah, and that's scary. I piss wherever I want. To. Well, that's it. Yeah. For Jaws. Mm-hmm. Somebody. Somebody's car alarm's going yeah. off outside. I hope that's not mine. <laughs> Somebody's stealing shit. Do you have anything valuable? Nothing. Uh, okay. I've got a coat that's worth like three hundred dollars. That's about <laughs> it. Uh, well, BHS copy of Jaws 4, The Revenge. Oh, shit. This has been our Jaws retrospective. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. It was a good one. Mm -hmm. Short, sweet, to the point. You have been Cameron B. Childs. You have been John Edward Warman. And I have been Mike D. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, I'm just kidding. We're gonna need a big show. We're gonna need.